show today. Welcome to the Friday edition, Kokomo Friday here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Hi, Heath. Hi, Scott. What's up? Feeling feeling pretty chill listening to this music. Oh, Kokomo? Yeah, it's nice. Kokomo. Nice and relaxing. Nice, nice little bit of relaxation before heading into the weekend. We are going to talk, of course, bullpens. By the time we talk to you again on Monday, there's a good chance some closers or relievers will be on the move. We're going to look at the most added list and the most traded list, which I don't think we've done all year. Going to do some hay real quick and a lot of your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. No scary emails, but sports trades are scary. One person can be replaced by another, exchanged for money, given away for a hypothetical future person. And once they leave your team, you can't like them anymore, even if you have their jersey, which you can't wear anymore, except at B-dubs. They won't judge, but others might. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. He's probably due for a a B-dubs visit soon. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been for at least a week. All right, there you go. Um, alright guys, so, watched a lot of baseball yesterday, had a very nice baseball, very nice evening with baseball. Uh, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't had that in a while, so I've been so busy, been so out of town, it was nice to catch up, see some players, get really mad about Cole Hamels, get pretty intrigued by Felix Hernandez, so hey, real quick, Felix Hernandez or Cole Hamels, rest of season? I'm still going to go with Hamels, but I did notice yesterday when I was updating my rankings that, Felix Hernandez isn't like back to being Felix Hernandez, but he's been really pretty good since he's come back from the disabled list. And I don't know that we have a lot of reason to doubt him over the rest of the season. I need to oh, move I him up again reason. after last night. I have reasons that the loss is still way down. Like he's, he went bad last year with a big drop in velocity and he's still throwing low nineties. I mean, he's, he's not the same pitcher. And I, I just I said he's, he's not the same pitcher. I don't expect him to be an ace. I, well, you said there's no reason to doubt him. There's That's no reason. Major. You're not going to start him? No, probably not. I, I think he's, I think he's a dressed up Adam Wainwright. The same sort of things are happening to Felix Hernandez and, uh, people, because there's been enough injury in between, people kind of forget. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I think Cole Hamels and it's not even close. He's had six starts since he's come back from the disabled list. Uh, four of those starts, he's had at least as many strikeouts as innings pitched. He has not given up more than one earned run in his last three starts. Yeah. And, and a season I, season I 13 swinging strikes last night. And, and he, and I've, you know, really not liked Felix at all, but he looked great last night. I will say that. When, and when I say no reason to doubt him, I'm talking about as a top 40 starting pitcher. Not, I'm not he's, putting him in my top 20. I don't think he's in my top 60. Well, that's a mistake. Okay. You need to fix that. <laughs> uh, alright, so the, here's the other part of it though. Like, I was watching Cole Hamels, and he pitched a scoreless third inning, and I tweeted at the time, scoreless inning for Hamels, but didn't look good, got hit hard, and, you know, something like that. At which point Jake Seeley, fantasy analyst, said, Fangraphs has him with a, like a four something XFIP right now, which are, I don't know, I, I didn't know they do that in the middle of the game. And then okay. he came out and got hammered the rest of the night. He looked terrible. If you didn't know who Cole Hamels was, you'd be like, who is this man? He's a terrible pitcher. He has nothing. You want to talk about – I mean, he throws about the same as uh, as Felix. He's left-handed. But, oh, man, Hamels but was that's awful. that's who Cole Hamels – that's the velocity Cole Hamels has always thrived with. <sighs> always? Like, is it really yeah. been like that that bad? All right. Look, that bad? I, I mean – Oh, that low. I, about Cole Hamels is – Borderline Hall of no the velocity Hall of Fame case the velocity I mean not not his performance I I don't I I mean I don't know that I'd call it bad averaged about ninety two on his fastball yesterday but you just kind of made it seem like Felix was bad are they not throwing the same is Felix throwing softer than Cole Hamels yes first okay. of all and Felix threw two miles per hour harder two years ago when he was last good yeah I, I understand. Uh, maybe I just caught Hamels on an off night, but see, I'm looking at it and like this year he's at 91.2 is his average four seam velocity for Felix. 
Last year it was 90.7. 2015 it was 92.3. Mm-hmm. So he's a mile down. Um, but he's a half mile up from last year. Well, I just want to say that I, I don't have any faith in Cole Hamels now. Like, I, very oh, little oh. faith. Come I, on, it was, he had Scott, that, how Scott, awesome were his Scott, last three starts? Not, not but, but awesome Scott, you have to wait. Three. But you have to, like, you've they always, were better than Felix Hernandez. Scott, you have always preached strikeouts. You have always preached strikeouts. He has 36 strikeouts and 64 and a third. And even in his really good starts, he had a 10% swinging strike rate, which is what Felix Hernandez has over this six start stretch. So I just don't see it with Hamels. Like, where are the swinging strikes? Where are the strikeouts? I will. I do not approve us trading Cole Hamels in the 16 team. Cole Hamels for Felix Hernandez so, in the 16 team category. Tell me what's different about the three. Tell me what's different about the three. Starts I think Cole, for Cole Hamels, Hamels is more or less the same pitcher. I think Felix Hernandez is a significantly diminished pitcher in terms of skill. From two. From like yeah, when he was amazing, sure. Um, uh, Cole Hamill's biggest problem last year, and it was not even that bad of a year, was walks. And he walked, what, nobody in the three starts before this one? Two, two walks. Two. Okay, yeah. two. That's the great. Most he had in any start was one. But he's not striking people out. Isn't that a concern? Why are, why are we ignoring didn't have, that? Didn't he have six strikeouts in his last start? Five. Five, and seven and, and two-thirds. And what was the start, and what in the start before that? Six and seven and two-thirds. I mean, that doesn't sound like nobody to me. Alright, he struck out 17 batters in 22 innings at the White Sox, home against the Angels, and at the Royals. I and mean, he's not Corey Kluber. He's but... at 5.04k per nine for the season. Yeah, I don't know he, why I would, I don't know why it's just like being dismissed. That's all. I, look, I would I take Hamilton. Bad. I think he was bad before he went on the DL. I think he's been pretty good. I, I think he's been really good since coming off the DL, and then he had a bad start. He's been better since coming off the DL for sure, but he's still at like 7Ks? 5.97K per nine since coming off the DL. Yeah. Alright. Alright, so. That's all. So wait, I know oh, Scott's taking Hamels. What, what was his K per nine last year? Eight. Okay, I think he's. I think he's still that. Just, but, but he's not. Like he's seventy-five percent. He, of that. he hasn't been, but he still is. I, you know, it's I not about I don't past understand. performance. It's about future performance. Yeah. So what in his recent performance tells you he's going to just all of a sudden start striking out thirty? Really good more control. Batters? The same stuff he's always had. Yeah. If it's the same stuff, why aren't people swinging? And right, I'm not it? sure because he has the same stuff. Baseball is a mysterious game. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not convinced. He was eight point nine seven last year, almost a, like basically a strikeout per inning. Okay. Yeah, I'm not convinced he has the same stuff. So Heath, who are you taking, Felix or Hamels? I'm still taking Hamels. I just think they're much, much, much closer than than it's being made to sound. Yeah, I, I, I the last guy I watched a baseball game and was like, I don't think he's that good. Was Garrett Cole, and he's been pretty awesome since then. So, of course, I'm not a scout. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't think Campbell's is bad. I I just think he's he's a number three starter. Felix is a borderline number three starter. Mm. Okay, all right. Uh, let's talk about some good pitchers. Consist, you know, more consistent lately. Actually, I don't know. Bad transition. Let's talk about some other guys. Patrick Corbin <laughs> is a Thursday standout. And I feel like Chris likes him better than both of you do. He's 53% owned. I think I'm the Patrick Corbin guy. Really? Because last time you said that you pretty much only wanted to own him as a Sparp. You feel that yeah, way? Yeah, I think that's that's maybe more than other people. Oh, Chris Chris was like, no, he's been pitching really well. Okay. And okay. he has Maybe been. Chris has come around on him. He, threw, he had a great start yesterday, and he didn't know he was starting until the night before. One run in seven and a third with six strikeouts at the Reds. Corbin is 53% owned in the six starts before that. He had a 315 ERA, eight walks, 39 strikeouts in 34 and a third, and pretty good swinging strike rate. Also, he's throwing his changeup more frequently and with a little less velocity on the changeup. I think the big red flag is he's given up so many hits this year, and even in this great stretch of seven starts, he's at more than a hit per inning. Yeah, he's at three, um, a 345 BABIP. I mean, if you're just looking at the peripherals, and I don't think you totally can with him, and really, it's kind of hard to with a lot of the Diamondback pitchers. But if you just look at the peripherals, he's been better this year than Hamels or Hernandez. I got to point something out. Okay. Hamels' velocity is down this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate – I mean, that's like – I hate how, you know, this podcasting thing works, that aspect of it. Like, you have to – you have an impassioned argument – you have to go back and check to make sure you didn't say something stupid. You can't check in the moment because obviously that doesn't make for a good listen. Right. 
Um, so I checked after the moment, and Hamill's velocity is down. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to rethink my opinion on Hamill's. I do not rethink my opinion on Hernandez, though. I don't think he's very good. All right, it happens to it happens uh, all the time. Yep. Um, okay. So anyway, with Corbin, 53% owned. Actually, you know what? Let's transition to every like fringy starting pitcher because I thought it was a pretty interesting night. And we're also at the point in the season where you might not be playing long term. You might be playing short term. Patrick Corbin has, I think, Atlanta at home next week. Uh, yes. The other pitchers who were in action last night and are somewhat available, you know, owned in less than 70% of leagues all the way down to 35%, are Luis Castillo, who has two starts at the Yankees and at Miami. Mike Fultonevich had a pretty good start at the Dodgers, who lost for the first time in 12 games. Fulte's got, got a one-start week at, at Arizona. Uh, Yolisha Seen... Okay, it's like I think you should pick up Yolisha Seen for the next scoring period. He's got two home starts. They're against the Mets and the Pirates. Yep, and he's killing it lately. And uh, Seth Lugo is probably the least interesting on this list, but Castillo, Corbin, Fulte, Shasin, and Lugo. Cast, uh, Corbin and Shasin, uh, no, Corbin and Fulte are one-star pitchers. Castillo, Shasin, and Lugo are two-star pitchers. Are you excited about any of these guys? A for next week. B for the rest of the season. Well, I think we're all in agreement Castillo's exciting for the rest of the season, right? I, I think Chris Towers has probably been the most vocal about it, but I think we all generally agree with that idea. I, I'm not as excited about Chris as about Castillo, but <laughs> I do think he's a, a borderline top 60 starting pitcher. He can touch 100 miles per hour with his fastball. Every single one of his starts, he's had at least a strikeout per inning. Some of them he's exceeded that. And it's been all against like playoff teams that are going to yeah. be in the playoffs, yeah. we all assume. And like, he's got he's got it's the been, it's been horrible matchups. He's got the Yankees on the road and the Marlins on the road next week. Are you gonna start Luis Castillo? I think so, yeah. I think I think I mean obviously that first matchup especially is still not the kind you want to see, but yeah. it's these are the best matchups he's had so far and <laughs> he's been Pretty good so far. I mean, his biggest problem has been walks, and that wasn't at all a problem for him in the minors. So you feel like that's something that's going to get sorted out here pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm starting him. Luis Castillo. Okay, so if he's number one, who'd be your number two pickup from this list? I think Corbin. Yep. Okay. Uh, Fultonevich, three? Chessine, four? Well, like with Chessine having two starts at yeah. home next week, I'd probably put him ahead of Fulte. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I do like Fulte more, like, in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. But I don't like him that much in a vacuum. And like, I think... I, I feel like he's had a lot of good fortune this season. He throws very hard. Velocity is not his issue, like no. it is Felix's and apparently Hamill's. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but it's just yeah. how effective is that velocity. And uh what's his name? Shasin is RP eligible, right? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. But so. I can check. Yeah, check real quick if you can, because I was gonna say you could start Shasin over Corbin next week, because Shasin does have the two. You're starts. correct. Shasin yeah. is relief pitcher eligible. I am on fire. <laughs> I was just looking at this stuff this morning. Um, Trevor Rosenthal is also RP eligible, and he and Brett Cecil were both bad yesterday. So that's a mess. Just let Senwano be the freaking closer, please. Like, come on now. And we saw what happened with Rosenthal. He had runners, I think, on the corners with two outs. Gave up a ground ball to first base. Would have gotten out of the inning, but he forgot to cover. He was late covering first base. And regardless, he didn't pitch well, but that's why the right. run scored, and that's why he lost. It was a tie it, game. It is, in, it is interesting that Cecil worked the eighth, though, and then because we saw Cecil get the last save for the Cardinals. On a day when Rosenthal was unavailable, but still, it's yeah. a mess. Yeah. It sure is. All right, so if you're struggling with your your relief pitcher right now, like I can't drop Zach Britton for Yoli Shasin, but I'm gonna start Shasin. If I, I actually don't even know if that's possible in the league I'm in, but if they were, I'm gonna pick up Shasin. I'm gonna try and start him over Britton. Britton was bad again yesterday. We'll get into that in a little bit. Mystery solved. Uh, yesterday, Chris and I embarrassed ourselves. We read a, an email, and it said, would you trade Cookie for Ryan Braun and Severino in a dynasty league? And I thought it was a typo, and I thought they meant Mookie. Be- I thought the emailer meant Mookie. But no, right. Co- Cookie is a baseball player. Do you know who Cookie is? 
Is it Carlos Carrasco? It is Carlos Carrasco. Huh. Good job. Thanks. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. So so 25% of this podcast knew Carlos Carrasco's nickname. Um, another email from Matt in California, by the way. Hey, real quick, mint chocolate chip or cookies and cream? Depends on the brand. Really? Cookies but and cream. I, yeah, I think in most cases I would say cookies it, and cream. What brand? <laughs> Expand on this, please. Breyers mint chocolate chip might be my singular favorite flavor of store-bought ice cream. Oh my god. And it's it's like the only mint chocolate chip that the ice cream itself is white as opposed to that bright green color and it just it has this really cool mint flavor that's just so good. I love when Scott talks about food. He gets so specific. I it just I love it. I just it's Food's great. a big deal, Adam. Food is I'd a big be great deal. on that show uh the best thing I ever ate or whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called. I've never heard of that show, but what is the best thing you ever ate? Um, I actually don't know. Mm, no, you lose. <laughs> I have to think about that. I'm choking already. You lose. <laughs> I wouldn't be very good on that show. Uh, the best thing I ever ate might have been a Kobe steak. It was delicious. Also, I had a meal in Vegas for, on my 21st birthday at the Stratosphere. It was great, and they gave us like ostrich. You ever have ostrich? I don't think I have. I have stayed at the Stratosphere. Did you ride the roller coaster? No, I didn't. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) I I would have. All right, news and notes. Not a lot today. Uh, Ahmed Rosario has a minor finger injury, not expected to miss much time. And reading in the New York Post yesterday, they said Rosario, quote, will almost certainly be called up soon after the July 31st non-waiver trade deadline, end quote. Minnesota is close to acquiring Jaime Garcia from Atlanta. Do you care? Uh, no. I, I mean, I care as a Braves fan. I care in my AL only league. I'm waiting for him to become available in the player pool. There you go. You, I don't even know, like, if it's a categories league, do you, I, I guess you probably would at that depth, but yeah, he's not, he's not an exciting pitcher at all. Seattle acquired relief pitcher David Phelps from Miami for four minor leaguers. That is not a fantasy relevant trade, but something will happen soon involving one or two or all of these relievers. Addison Reed, Justin Wilson, Zach Britton, A.J. Ramos, Pat Neshek, and Brad Hand, among others. But Reed, Wilson, Justin Wilson, Zach Britton, A.J. Ramos, Pat Neshek, Brad Hand, all among relief pitchers who could get traded. Britton has just been bad since coming back. Uh, and he bad again last night. Bad all season. Uh, anyway, there are a lot of players that you should be stashing if you need saves. Who's at the top of your list, guys? The top of my list, you gotta recalibrate this because it had been Tommy Canely for so long. I think it's probably, uh, oh man, I just wrote an article on this like two weeks ago. Jay Reese Familia? Yeah, uh, that's, I was just going to check on how much longer he would be out. He's throwing, but he's not much farther along than Noah Syndergaard is, and I'm not sure Noah Syndergaard's going to pitch this year. So I'm probably not Jerry's familiar now. He, he was actually second on my list after Canley, this column I wrote a couple weeks ago. Third was Keone Kayla, mm-hmm. and I'm still, I, I still think he's the Rangers' long-term closer. I don't know how long it takes to get to him. Obviously not related to these trade targets. Um, you didn't have Jim Johnson on your list, so I guess Wouldn't it be Erodis Viscaino? No, he, Uh, Johnson could get traded. Yeah, he could get traded. Uh, so probably Viscaino or Kyle Bearclaw of the Marlins. I'd say Shane Green of the Tigers. I think it seems very clear that Justin Wilson's gonna get dealt. Uh, Green's been pitching pretty well. Yeah, he's, he's pitched pretty well. Don't don't the Tigers have a really good reliever in the minors that's just been tearing it up lately though? I think they do. I, d- yeah, I, I, I should have had know. a name ready. I don't <laughs> know. Sorry. Yeah. This is the, uh, you, just, you just hoped I did. Yeah, look you it are up our podcast. minor league expert. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so so those are teams that you can look at. I mean, Nishek and Han themselves, I suppose, could become closers. But uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem all that likely right now. Yeah, really, really unlikely. Brandon Phillips left with a hamstring injury. Oh, Brad Brock, I think. Brad Brock is a good one to stash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But he he himself could get traded, so. 
Brandon Phillips left with a hamstring injury. Brandon McCarthy may not make his next turn in the rotation. He's dealing with a blister. And Dave Roberts isn't committing to McCarthy. Hyunjin Ryu is a guy that you might want to pick up. He has two pretty favorable matchups next week at home. Of course, he pitches like five innings every time, but I don't know. Uh, and Chris Taylor did not lead off yesterday. He batted fifth against Atlanta. Uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. All right, Indochino, people. Look, I was a pretty well-dressed man throughout my wedding weekend. I should have been, right? But I got more compliments on my rehearsal dinner suit than my wedding tuxedo. Only one of them was an Indochino suit, and I think you can guess which one. So, fellas, please take my advice. You will not regret it. Get an Indochino suit. These are $800 suits that you can get for $379 with our offer code FBT, and you will love it. The offer code's FBT. Customize every detail. Submit your measurements. Get creative. Get an awesome monogram. Look great. Feel confident. I love putting that thing on. I'm going to wear it in three weeks when I go to a wedding in L.A., and everybody's going to be like, ooh, nice suit, Azer. Here's what you do. Go to Indochino.com, just browse, find what you like, design your suit, and there you go. And when you're ready to check out, use the promo code FBT, or you can visit an Indochino store and shop there. Uh, get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 at Indochino.com when you enter FBT at checkout. 50% off for a made-to-measure premium suit. Shipping's free. Indochino.com, promo code FBT for any premium suit for $379 with free shipping. Well, I wanted to get a lot of emails in today since we had a light day on the schedule last night. So I'm going to allot mm, three minutes for ten emails. Are you guys up for this rapid-fire challenge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite thing to do. Yep. Fast. And I Mm. named it emails from no females. Sounds like me in college. LOL. This is from George. Fam or Yelich, rest of season? Yelich. I agree. I like fam a lot. From Rob. All right, all right. From Rob, approve the moves in a categories, 10-team categories dynasty league. So say approve or disapprove. Drop Matt Adams for Justin Bohr. Approve. Drop Scott Shebler for Mike Clevenger. Nope. Nope, nope. I approve. <laughs> I don't disapprove. I don't disapprove. Okay. I don't think you approve, though. I. It depends <laughs> on what you need. Like, I assume he's overstocked in the outfield and needs pitching more, and I'm fine with that. Drop Luis Castillo for Brad Brock. Nope. Nope, nope. <laughs> you mean disapprove. Uh, disapprove. False. Sell. Uh, I, I can see that this is a 10-team league. I can't imagine saves are that scarce, so I, I disapprove also. All right, it's a 10-team ten league. Keep that in mind. Drop Josh Reddick for Clint Frazier. Keep in uh, mind approve. Dynasty League. Approve. Approve. All right. This is from Rosenda. Should I be ready to pick up Colin McHugh? Yes, be ready. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't have that much confidence in him. He hasn't been good in a couple years. Keep an eye on him, but I'm not... Yeah, I'm not saying go pick him up right now. Just be ready. Okay. If you had to drop Mike Fultonevich right now for Colin McHugh, would you do that? I would do that very happily. I don't think I would. I think they're cut from the same cloth. And this is from Dave. He wants a drop-o-meter on these players in a 14-team league. Three outfielders. Angelton Simmons. Nine. Uh, No, I go. I go like Four. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's a backup if you're asking, but he's a top 14 short. Is he not a top 14 shortstop, Heath Angleton Simmons? I don't believe he's a top 14 shortstop for me. I do believe he's been a top 14 shortstop so far this season. I don't expect him to be a top 14 shortstop the rest of the season. All right, Eduardo Nunez, dropometer. Five. It's so dependent on the category. Uh, in Roto, I would probably say two. In points, I would probably say seven. I think it is a categories league, if I remember the email correctly. And I will also say this about Nunez. Could get traded to the Red Sox. That would be a big boon for him. Uh, Matt Adams, 14-team league. Ten. Wow. I'll go eight. Ian eight Desmond. Six, maybe five. Maybe right there with Nunez, five. Three, maybe a six. We know Ian Desmond can get so hot. Like, this is a, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but if you're looking, I, I wanna do this next week. Like, players that could, in theory, carry your team for the last two months. Uh, you know, I think Desmond fits that bill. He could get crazy hot. Oh, he definitely could get crazy hot. Yeah. Alright, next email's from Andrew in Boston. Dear Raisin Lovers, 12 team Roto League, do I drop Cameron Mabin for Rajay Davis or Clint Frazier? I would drop him for 
Hmm. Roto League, you really need those steals. I, I don't think I would. I think I'd just hold to Mabin and, um, you know, I imagine you have other outfielders to fill in. Heath, is it time to drop Jeff Samarja for Zach Godley or Trevor Cahill? Nope. All right. Lou in Connecticut. Are any of these guys approaching Jag territory? Justin Bohr. Yeah, he's he's a first baseman. Mike Mike Mustakis. Yep. Wow, Jonathan Lucroy. <laughs> yep. I think I think Keith has a much lower standard yeah. for Jack than I do. Yeah. Uh, I it, think of I think of Jack as like Albert Pujols, current Albert. Pujols, see, I obviously. think of Albert Pujols as like should be on the waiver wire. Why is he still on your roster? Yeah, that, yeah, he's not. Who's a, who's a good Jag? I think Pujols might be a little low. Okay. Just a run of the mill player. Like, I, I, Jag, I mean, Jag is somebody who could very well be on the waiver wire, but you know, if you have to start him, it's not the end of the world, right? Is that? Yeah, I just kind of feel like it is the end of the world if you're starting Albert Pujols. <laughs> just a guy. Okay. But no, I mean, I, I, I agree that Heath is, has high standards here. Like, I, I, I wouldn't drop Bora Mustakis as a utility player. Branded belt. Jag? Yeah. Normally, yeah, but, but I, I don't like... think there's that much difference between Brandon Belt, Mike Mustakis, and Justin Moore. Really? I feel like it's a huge difference. There, there certainly was in the first half of 2017. But what Coming Bohr, into 2017, what... Brandon Belt was better than both of yeah, them. Yeah, but what Bohr and Mustakis have done, just in terms of power especially, like Belt has never and will never do, as long as he's a giant. As long as he's a giant. I agree that with that clarification. Um, yeah, I still don't... I don't know. Maybe Justin Bohr is going to hit another 15 home runs this year and finish with 35. I think it's probably unlikely. I like the hard contact and the plate discipline. So, uh, more on hard contact. I, I'm a, a big Bohr believer. Um, so, I, and I like him more than Belt. I, he's not a jag for me. I, I did, I did drop him not long before the All Star break for Eric Hosmer in our 12 team points league. But I think Hosmer is more than a jag too. So, I think. Like Chris, of course, always argues that Hosmer is the epitome of a Jag and was even doing it on Twitter last night after I uh, trolled him by saying that Eric Hosmer just pooled Michael Fulmer because he hit one of the fountains. <laughs> um, and I think Hosmer's right on the cusp, just right there in Jag territory. It sounds like we don't even really agree what Jag is, so this is a very frustrating and confusing exercise for everybody listening. Actually, I would know, just call them replaceable. I, I would say that Hosmer, like, going into the season, I thought he was, you know, exactly a Jag because I always said I, I don't need to own him in like a twelve-team points league. Scott has always been a little higher. He, I don't know. I guess probably felt like I, I do, but it's weird because he was on my preseason bust list. He was going in like the eleventh round on average. He's been We're so way good. over three minutes on these emails. Yeah, I know, but but Hosmer's been actually Hosmer's in an upcoming segment of you know who's been really good. That's what it's called, and great. He, he's been great since May first. Uh, from Thomas, Charlie Morton or Carlos Rodon? Rodon. Yep. Viara Peraza. <laughs> Morwin Gonzalez. Yeah, okay, he's like ninety percent owned. If you're if you just VR. like you need steals, and so you have to pick one of these two, I'd rather have Peraza. I think. Oh, I think boy. VR because I'm I'm more certain about. I mean, neither both these guys could play like thirty games the rest of the year, and I wouldn't be all that surprised. <laughs> yeah, they they're both they, they're, they're both bad. But I I, yes. I mean I go VR I guess. But all right, David in Seattle, Travis Shaw will be better than Josh Donaldson rest of year. Buy or sell? Well, I sell. Yeah, this I, is Heath's love for Travis Shaw put to the ultimate test here. Well, and the fact that Josh Donaldson's just been a disaster. I'm trading, I'm trading for Donaldson. I'm putting my offers in. Yeah, I, I'm selling this. I, I sure hope, like, this is one of those things, I, I changed my mind. I'm going to buy it. I don't wow. really believe it, but sometimes you go to the store, you know you don't need something, you know something's overpriced, <laughs> but it's just too cool. And that's what this is. <laughs> like so what? What? Like what? Um, I was thinking like really expensive beer. Oh, okay. It's always beer with you. Wings, beer, and sports for Heath. We, I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that, you know, is a good time to tell you that whoever invented summer was obviously a sports fan. They didn't even try to hide it. They gave it playoff hockey, playoff basketball, and the opening of both soccer and baseball. It's a clear display of favoritism, and the other seasons didn't stand a chance. 
With three months of clutch playoff drama and the awakening of new seasons, it's clearly the work of a sports fan. They may as well have called it sports season. And at Buffalo Wild Wings, they do call it sports season. Don't ever call it summer. That's not what it is. It's sports season. They're just waiting on the legal change. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports. Had big soccer game coming up this weekend. You into that? Gold Cup? Semifinals? USA? Who's playing? USA, Costa Rica. That I tells think? you everything you need to know. What's that? <laughs> I don't know who they're playing. I think it's USA versus Costa Rica, I think. But it's okay, and this USA. is the semifinals of the what? Gold Cup. It well, sounds like we're all not into it. What do we get if we win this? Uh, nothing. Some gold. <laughs> not a gold cup? I, it, I'm sure there is a gold cup, yeah. I don't know if it's like real gold or, probably real gold, but not, But it's not, not like, like the World Cup. No, it's not the World. Yes, it is actually the semifinals of the World Cup. The United States is playing, so. I'm surprised I haven't heard more about this. Yeah, that's flown under the radar this year. Most added list on CBSSports.com. Ryan Madsen and Sean Doolittle. Who do you prefer? I prefer Sean Doolittle. There, he got the first save. Yeah, I mean, and there didn't seem like it was a. It didn't seem like it was a clear case of Dusty Baker playing matchups. He doesn't seem like the kind of manager who would, uh, you know, swap around roles to do that anyway. So. Uh, yeah, I got to, I got to think Doolittle's in the in the lead right now. Tommy yeah, Fam's I, third. I would Sorry. say Doolittle, but it's like fifty two percent to forty eight percent. Tommy Fam's third on the most added list. Uh, still finally. Yeah. What's his ownership count? But still sixty four percent. Add Tommy Fam. Yeah, I so. know. <laughs> it's third. I I don't think I shared this on the podcast, and it was back on Monday or Tuesday when I first looked it up. So it's probably changed a little, but just in his starts as a starter, Tommy Fam. And I do that because he's had more bench appearances than most full-timers uh, since he wasn't always a full-timer. But So just in his starts, he has averaged in between Cody Bellinger and J.D. Martinez in terms of fantasy points per game. That's where he's slotted on a per-game basis. So that's the kind of hitter you're passing up. Yeah. Clearly, he's been really good, and there's a lot to like. Yeah, I, it's. Uh, I think he just got picked up in our podcast league, and I— I know. I feel it, dumb it was, for not checking. It was the biggest, oh my goodness, I can't believe Same. I didn't know he was out there yep. moment Since. of the year for me. No. Since but, Ryan Zimmerman. <laughs> Since Ryan Zimmerman in that one. <laughs> uh, number four on the most out of this, I don't really get. He is RP eligible, Brent Suter. And I know why he was on the most added list on Monday, because he was a two-star pitcher, but he had a bad start. I figure he'd by this point he'd be on the most drop list, but we'll see. Suter's 38% owned. Alex Claudio is 20% owned. Would you rather own Keone Kella or Alex Claudio? Kella. Right. I mean, Claudio probably has the better chance of getting the Rangers' very next save, so if that factors into your decision-making, okay. But I think I think Kella's going to get the most saves from here forward. There's a like a Keone Kella, Ella, Ella, K, K team name somewhere in there, you know? No. Under my Keone Kella. Gerardo Parra is 33% owned. He's been really good. Jose Reyes, 42% owned. Shortstop eligible. A decent uh, stopgap for, well, a decent option if you need to replace Ahmed Rosario. Jose Reyes. Tyler Clippard, 16% owned. Clippard or Kella? Ella, Ella. Kella. Yeah, totally for me depends on where you're at. Like, in a... In a shallower roto league, if I just have to get saves, I'd probably go with Clippard right now, but. Okay. Colin McHugh, Mike Clevenger, both on the most data list. Who do you prefer? Clevenger. Yeah, I'd say Clevenger right now. I mean, he's, it's, and the ownership is 81 for Clevenger, 52 for McHugh, so. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal. You know, I mean, when, when we get an email or a tweet that's like, why are you talking about closers so much? All you have to do is look at the most added list, right? Madsen, right. Doolittle, Claudio, Clippard, Rosenthal. But which came first? What? Uh, the R talking about closers it, it, or people adding them? We don't have as much sway as I wish we I had. Don't, I think you underestimate the sway. You look at who Scott or Chris or I write about up in the waiver wire column, and then you look at the most added list in, the, in a day or two, and it's the guys we just wrote about. All right. I, I think I think the closers would be getting picked up regardless, but. I agree. Yeah. I, I, nobody you. was writing about Brent Suter. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I don't really see anything else so interesting on this list or anything that we won't really be talking about when we look at two-start pitchers. Oh, here's one thing. Chance Adams 
is 35% owned, and apparently Brian Cashman said that Adams might come out contribute in the bullpen, and they are worried about an innings limit. I don't really – it doesn't really seem like Chance Adams is going to have a big impact on your fantasy team as a starting pitcher. I don't know. Maybe it makes a few starts. Yeah. No, I wrote something similar in the latest edition of the Prospects Reports, Wednesday's edition. Left him out at the top five to stash. And um, it he hasn't actually been that good his last few starts. A lot of walks and not pitching very deep into games. So I would guess, uh, I mean, Cashman's saying it. I'm not going to say I agree with Cashman on what he's going to do with his player, but <laughs> yeah. Chance Adams. All right, Scott, uh, can you give us real quick prospects to stash? Yeah, so for the first time, Yohan Moncada is not on this list because he's finally up. But Ahmed Rosario still is not up, so he tops the list. He's going to be up within the next week or two. I am very confident in that. Um, also, I also like Ozzy Albies of the Braves. Either at second base, if Brandon Phillips just got hurt, or at shortstop. He's been playing more of that recently at AAA and hitting much better at AAA lately as well. I think Rafael Devers is worth stashing now. Now, obviously, it's not like Ahmed Rosario where we're positive he's going to get called up this year. I would put his chances at less likely than not. But the kind of impact Devers could make if the Red Sox turned to him as their third baseman, and he's only 20 years old, and that's not really Dave Dombrowski's style. He's more about trading for veterans when his team's in contention. But he's a 20-year-old that they may not be able to hold back with the kind the, the way he's performed. Already moved up to AAA. Rafael Devers. Uh, and then rounding out the list is Lewis Brinson. Keon Broxton's terrible. Lewis Brinson's been on fire at AAA since getting sent back down. And um, the fifth name is uh, Reynaldo Lopez, who has okay. been oh, right, right. On, on a good four-star run at AAA, a couple double-digit strikeout efforts, and the only fixture in the White Sox's rotation is Carlos Rondon. So he'll be up soon. Okay, so the prospects, just to recap, Mets shortstop Ahmed Rosario, Braves second baseman, baseman Ozzy Albies, uh, Rafael Devers, Boston third baseman, Milwaukee outfielder Lewis Brinson. By the way, Ryan Braun has sat two straight games. Very frustrating. And White Sox pitcher Reynaldo Lopez. All right, then. Here's the most traded list, the top 15 most traded players. I'm going to tell you them, and you tell me if you want to trade for these guys, trade away these guys, or just not be a part of any trades involving them. Madison Bumgarner. The first four are pitchers. Bumgarner, Quintana, Lester, and Arietta. Bumgarner, Quintana, Lester, and Arietta. Trade for all of them. I agree. I agree. I mean, Arietta, you definitely wanted a discount because I don't think he's bouncing back to what we thought he'd be at the start of the year. But I'm willing to buy all of them. All right, next up we have D. Gordon. And and Billy Hamilton is also on this list, so I I don't know. My guess is... These are categories of roto leagues where it's just you you need steals and Gordon and Hamilton make sense and I th- Heath I think you should trade me Billy Hamilton in the Memorial League. Yeah, I don't really I, I've tried to come up with ways to make trades in the Memorial Magazine League, but I'm in a terrible position where I've been in first place for like two months and there's nowhere to go but down. And if I trade Billy Hamilton to you, I'm going to lose a bunch of points and steals and not gain any points anywhere else. So I'll I'm give not. You, I'll trade. give you a good play. All right, fine. I'll give you. Um, I'll give you Ryan Manson. And I could use some seals or some saves, but I don't think he's going to get as many saves as Hamilton's going to get steals. All right, so uh, those two are on the D. Gordon and Billy Hamilton. Cole Hamels is number six. I recuse myself from all further Cole Hamels right. talk. <laughs> After a raging argument that was not factually based. I would have traded Cole Hamels yesterday. I think his value went down a lot last night. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think his value went down a lot ten minutes ago. <laughs> well, that might have hurt too. Zach Granke is number seven on the most traded list. He's been like a top five pitcher this year, right around there. Do you buy him as, the, as a total stud? Granke? I've had him fifth in my SP rankings for over a month. 
See, so, I just yeah. moved Madison Bumgarner back to fifth. But I think I have Grinky seventh or eighth. You know whose velocity is down? Madison Bumgarner's? Yeah. It was better in the second start than the first, and I think it will continue to creep up. But that's why I haven't moved him into my top ten yet. All right, here's a guy next up on the most added list, I think number nine overall, that I did put a trade offer in for. I would give up my George Springer in a three-outfielder league to the one team that somehow doesn't have good outfielders, Heath Cummings, and I would get back his third baseman, who would become my shortstop to replace Carlos Correa, Manny Machado. Manny Machado is on the most added list. So I offered Springer for Machado. I actually think it's a pretty fair deal in head-to-head points league, but I don't think he's going to do it. Denied. Why? I don't see how it's going to make me any better. Your outfielders suck. George Springer is one of the best players in fantasy so far this year. Machado yeah, isn't. I, I mean, I've got Charlie Blackman, Gregory Polanco, Eric Thames. Yeah, Odubel Thames Herrera. Oh, oh my God, you're starting Odubel Herrera? Really likes Gregory Polanco, and he really, really likes Odubel Herrera. Odubel Herrera has been amazing for like 45 days now. False. Oh yeah? Well, okay. I feel like he was amazing, then he was terrible, and now he's been good again. Well, is that uh, true? However you want to parse it. Since the beginning of June, he's basically been like a 320 hitter with an 850-900 OPS. He's not good. He's just not good. He doesn't steal that's, bases that's anymore. Kind of what Gerardo Parr has been too, right? I mean, Yeah, well, we talked a lot about how good Gerardo Parr has been. All right, let me get it back on track. Is Manny Machado Manny, still Manny Machado. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you should have to pay for him like he's Manny Machado. I would rather have Springer at this point, but I do value Machado as a buy low. I actually had a column published yesterday, uh, 12 players I refuse to give up on. I don't think that's the exact wording, but that's the general idea. Never going to give you up? Is that what you said? That's what the, uh, the headline was, I believe. <laughs> yes. That's what it, yeah. Um, but it's 12 players that I don't want to give up on. And, um, Machado was on it. Alright. So. Who was the most interesting person on that list? I thought Probably it was Todd Frazier, just cause he got traded. I don't know, Justin Verlander, Miguel yeah. Cabrera. I don't know. I don't know what you would consider interesting. Frazier. Okay. Yeah. So, last guy on the most traded list I want to talk about is Jose Barrios. Buy low, sell high, or buy, sell, hold Jose Barrios. I mean, if you're worried about innings, his last start was very good, so it's that makes now a pretty good time to trade him. I'd be fine just holding him. Like, I don't have major concerns about him. There probably will be an innings issue at some point, but by then, who knows where my team will stand. I'd it's hard to find quality pitching. I'd, I'd just be fine holding on to him. Cool. All right, time for a new segment. You know who's been good? And then, you know who's been bad? But let's start with the good. You know who's been good? Eric Hosmer's been good. He's the number 13 first baseman in fantasy. He had a 573 OPS in April. And since May 1st, 961 OPS with 13 home runs and 19 doubles. Batting 344, 401 on base, 59, 559 slugging. Eric Hosmer, number 13 overall first baseman in both formats. He's been good. You know, we had this discussion about Hosmer and Chris and his uh, fly ball data talking about how Hosmer doesn't hit enough fly balls, but he does hit the ball hard. And if he just hit more fly balls, he'd be really good. And at the same time, I looked at it, and Hosmer was amazing when hitting the ball to the opposite field and terrible when pulling the ball. Well, he's hitting less fly balls than he's ever hit in his career this year, but he's hit the third highest percentage of pitches to the opposite field, 36%, more than he pulls, more than he hits up the middle, he hits to the opposite field, and he's been the fourth best hitter in baseball when hitting to the opposite field. 101 balls hit to the opposite field, 1366 OPS. The three guys better than him, Aaron Judge, Trey Mancini, and Michael Conforto, but they've hit about half as many balls that way. I see Hosmer, the kind of player Hosmer seems to be trying to be, uh, you know, kind of for mo- more focused on batting average than power. I think it precludes him from being a fantasy stud. Like, that's just not a possibility, particularly in this environment. 
But I do also think he's a very high floor player. And while in shallower leagues, that's not going to be somebody who puts you over the top, of course. Like, it's never really a problem to lean on him as one of your nine starting hitters or, or more if it's a roto league mm-hmm. either. Yep. Finds a way to have a good year. You know, there's some yep. players that just fit that bill. Who were we talking about that seems to do it different ways every year, but always ends up having a good year? I know Brett Gardner was someone that I had put in that category. Hosmer fits that. Oh, man. Who? We're just talking about it. All right, anyway, I'll think of it. You know who's been good? Jonathan Scope. Jonathan Scope is the number five second baseman in fantasy, both points and roto. Scope's hitting 302 with 19 home runs and 26 doubles. No, he does not walk a lot, but he does have the best walk-to-strikeout ratio of his career. Jonathan Scope's been good. And he made the all-star team, so that should have been partly what tipped us off. Um, but no, I mean, he, he's basically been what we hoped Rugnet Odor would be, and that makes him probably someone I should consider moving all the way into my top ten at second base. Well, who would you rather have, Odor or Scope? Rugnet Odor was on that list too, players I'm not willing to give up on, but um I think I'd have to take scope at this point. Just don't have the Babbitt's not like crazy high or anything. I, I think he's he's basically who he's been. Yeah, I mean if I need a second baseman to start tomorrow, I'm gonna go with Scott and say scope. Alrighty, next up, you know who's been really good? Travis Shaw. We haven't talked about him all year. <laughs> but we actually I don't know that we've really Appreciated just how good he's been. Um, I noticed he's hitting a lot more ground balls this year. Yeah, he's, he's kind of gone the Hosmer route. Well, here's the thing about that. Early in the year, he was hitting a ton more ground balls. And it was really weird, and it looked like kind of what he was not doing, what he was doing was not sustainable. His fly ball percentage has come back up later in the year. So, like... I, I don't know. He had a 29 and 31% fly ball rate and a 52% ground ball rate in April. Last month it was 45-45 ground balls and fly balls. Yeah, well, I, I, we have talked a lot about Travis Shaw, but you guys are buying him as a must-start player rest of season. Yep. All right. Yeah. All right. You know what's been good? Justin Upton. He's having a strangely consistent year. He's the number 22 outfielder in both points and roto. I seem to have found guys who rank the same in both formats. Upton, I mean, he's not having a great year. 277, 15 home runs, 7 steals. But he hasn't, like, had a stretch where he's batted 150 for two months either. It's weird. Uh, Justin Upton's having, you know, he's been good. Yeah, he has been good. I agree. Okay. I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have anything clever I mean, to say about he's kind him. of. The same level of Hosmer doing the exact opposite things. Yeah, but right? it's just so weird because that's never been Upton. He's been the streakiest player in in fantasy since I since I started hosting this. He's podcast. not a, he, he's not a fantasy standout though, right? He's well, just, he's I, just a guy you're fine starting, and I think he's better than Hosmer because Hosmer's been just outside of a starting first baseman. Upton's been, like, no matter what your format or how many outfielders you start, he's a number two outfielder. Okay, well, let's it's, see It's who a very more. thin margin, though, you know, the how easily he could drop from 24th and scoring to 36th, you know, just one bad week it can make that big of a difference. In, but by that method, you're basically saying that there's, like, 15 good outfielders. I, I do think there are about 15 standout outfielders and about... 30 who are more or less the same, yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, Eric Hosmer has actually had a scored more fantasy points, I will check Roto, than Justin Upton. But I'm sure it's the same. I mean, I'm sure he's ranking ahead of him in both. Uh, I would think anyway. All right, and finally, a couple of deep league guys. Denard Span, he's been, you know, pretty good over the last 28 days, especially in points leagues. He's 15% owned. And Lucas Duda, 27% owned. Lucas Duda has a 904 OPS this year. Three home runs in his last four games. Do I totally think- missed that. I had no idea. Yeah, I know. It's weird. He missed a lot of time. Um, 907 OPS is very good. 20 doubles and 17 homers in 69 games for Duda. Do you think Duda at 27% and Span at 15% are under-owned? Duda is, but I understand it. I mean, he's, he's not a, he sits often against left-handers, right? First base is very deep. And he's had a bunch of injuries, so it probably needs to go up a little. 
okay. Span, I just, I have no interest in yeah. Span in this outfield environment. He's not nearly good enough in the counting categories and, you know, usually head to head points formats where you're not as focused on the cat counting categories. They're usually smaller lineups. So I just, I have, no. Yeah, no, he's, I just needed to throw a name in there that we've never, that we never talk about. <laughs> um, we don't <laughs> okay. have time for, you know, who's been bad because we got to talk about the two star pitchers for fantasy week 17. But, uh, next week we got to talk about Matt Carpenter. You know, Scott and I will probably argue about Matt Carpenter because he's been good in points leagues, bad in categories. He was on the list. Ten players I'm not giving up on. Uh, yeah, I'm not concerned about him at all. He's hitting the crap out of the ball. I know, but here's the thing. Like, here's the, he's 11th in baseball in hard contact rate. And last year Carpenter was actually third. But here are the hitters that are also in the top 10 in hard contact rate. Nick Castellanos, Miguel Cabrera, Tim Beckham, and Joey Gallo. Like, I don't know. It, it, it does hard contact rate maybe not mean what we think it means? Last year, Yasmani Tomas. Look, look at the players. I think Carpenter ranks 23rd in line drive rate, so high. Um, high. And his, I'm just going off memory here. I'm probably, I'm probably being way too precise for somebody going off memory, but, um, I'm going to make another horrible mistake. I'm totally drained of confidence. Um, I'm looking forward to this. So I'm going to research it as you say it. <laughs> Matt so Carpenter. Matt Carpenter is among the top 25 in line drive percentage, and he's one of, I think, three with a BABIP under 300. Matt Carpenter. All right, look, I, I get that he <laughs> should be better. You says you. <laughs> last year, last year, Yasmani Tomas, Chris Carter, Kendris Morales, who, you know, had 30, I think a 30 homer season, Jose Bautista, these guys were all in the top 10 in hard hit rate. Uh, and you know, they, all I'm saying is that I don't know, I don't know if it's the best stat. <laughs> I don't yes. think hard hit rate, it's, it's not everything. But all things being equal, if you hit the ball hard, it is good. Alright, as of, so, okay, no, it's exactly right. There are three players in the top 25 and line drive percentage, according to fan graphs, who have a Babbitt below 300. Carpenter has the lowest. At 274. And he has a career high fly ball rate. Which, and he which has, does, the fly ball rate does lower your Babbitt. And it, it does, but if you're, if you're one of the leaders in hard contact rate, you have a career high fly ball percentage, and you're still one of the best players in line drive percentage, that should be the best of both worlds. That should mean you're a batting average, a high batting average guy, and a home run hitter. And on top of that, he walks so much that even with a low batting average, he has like a 380 on base percentage. I yeah. think there is MVP caliber production in Carpenter's future still. Ooh, nice. All right. 66 walks to 70 strikeouts. Another guy that you could, de- like, that's a buy low candidate. That is a absolutely buy low candidate. Matt Carpenter. Two start pitchers for what well, I don't even know what week we're coming up on. 16? 17? We are coming up on seven. It depends on what you did with the schedule. Yeah, if you combined, what would you combine the little week after the All Star break with this current week, then we're only going into week sixteen. But officially, we're going into week seventeen. Yeah, that's what I want. Week seventeen. Yep. Okay, Lance Lynn, Colorado and Arizona at home. He's got a point four seventy RA in his last three starts. We're gonna start him. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. You got to be a little careful with Sonny Gray. I mean, you're gonna start him, but you know, there's always a chance he gets traded and. Doesn't have two starts. How about Jacob Faria, Baltimore, and at the Yankees? Sort of. Absolutely. You're all right with Verlander against Kansas City and Houston at home? He's going to get destroyed. <laughs> no. I, I feel like you have to start him. Um, I would say I'm probably going to start Verlander, but there are going to be other guys that I would rather start that you're going to list after him. Justin sure. Verlander. 12 players I'm not willing to give up on. So yeah, I just traded the Astros, for though. Did you like my trade? Yes, I did like your trade. You you got Justin Verlander, gave up. Who was it again? Stroman. Yeah, I I I could see why in certain circumstances you might not want to do that, but um, I uh, I just have a lot of confidence in Verlander, and I I I don't think it's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, I talked about I, that um, show. I was offered Verlander. Obviously by somebody that doesn't listen to the podcast. Verlander <laughs> and Gregory Polanco for Nelson Cruz. Hmm. And I turned it down. 
I'd probably turn that down. Um, okay, uh, where, where are we? Dan Straley at Texas, home against Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm fine with it, but I'm probably starting him. He's not been very good at all lately, right? Uh, he has not been very good. He hasn't been that bad. But, you know, a couple five inning starts with a lot of hits. He doesn't normally give up hits because he gives up so many fly balls. Um, but I, I think he's fine. All right, Dan Straley, we're starting. Now, Brad Peacock is another guy you have to be careful with. I don't even know if he's going to make any starts, but uh, he's right now scheduled for two starts. Uh, No, I guess Keiko will still be down. I will figure it out. Taiwan Walker, Atlanta and at St. Louis. Start him. Well, I don't know how much his the birth of his child, uh, he got scratched yesterday. I don't know how much that shakes things up. I so think we that's can't what made him, him making two yeah. starts. I think that's what made him a two-star pitcher because he was – you get five days for paternity. Is that right? Three, I, I think. I think it's three. I'm not, I'm not sure. He went on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, if he does have these two matchups, I think he's – because it's two starts, it's he's an acceptable play. Scott, when are you having your kid? Uh, September. All September right. 26th is the due date. Can we call him a, a September call-up? Yeah, that's. I will be a September send down. Actually, you won't be seeing me for a while after that kid's born. Uh, we don't really need you at that point. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm just good. in the way anyway. Okay, Clevenger, Cincinnati, and at the White Sox, people are going to start him. Mike Leak, Colorado and Arizona at home. Starter sit Mike Leak. He's been pretty bad for about a month and a sit. half. Sit Leak. Yep. Eh, yeah. Yeah. Another tough call. To. Jordan Montgomery, Cincinnati, and Tampa Bay at home. I'm starting him. Boy, he's been bad lately too. But I'd rather start him than Leak. So, yep, start. We'll see about Aaron Sanchez. That's going to be risky, but good matchups. But uh, we'll no see. way. Yeah, yeah he's can. going back on the DL. Uh, Luis Castillo, we talked about at the Yankees at Miami. We're going to start him. He's 64% owned. Carlos Rodon at the Cubs, home against Cleveland. I couldn't do it. No way. I would start him over League. Oh, yeah. Me, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't start either. I mean, they're probably both points League starts for me if I really dig into it. I mean, you can you can afford a guy to have a bad start between the two in a points League and it still end up okay. Maybe you'll luck into two good starts. But in a Roto League, I'd be worried about both League and Rodon. I think uh, I called him Rondon earlier. Yeah, you did. Did it's I say okay. Carlos Rondon earlier? Yeah, it was, you, it, 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 you know, bad. among the litany of things that you've gotten wrong today, it yeah. was a minor thing we just didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, I helped, I helped, uh, my car was dead when I went to the parking lot to leave work yesterday. I had one of the guys in the video department help me, you know, jump it for me. And I was sure after I left that I had called him Brett when his name is actually Jack. And so I went to him yesterday and was like, "Hey, did I call you Brett yesterday?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> so I just I just told on myself when awesome. I didn't need to. That's awesome. Yeah. All righty, let's go on here. We've got Yolisha Seen, who I would start over Rodon and Leak and Montgomery. Agree? Uh, what was that? Sorry, Yolisha Seen, home against the Mets and the Pirates. Start uh-huh. him over Montgomery, Leak, and Rodon. Maybe not Montgomery, but the other two. Yeah. Any interest in Zach Davies? Oh, terrible matchups for Zach Davies. Um, don't Washington and the Cubs. Any interest in John Lackey, R.A. Dickey, Seth Lugo, Kevin Gosman? Um, I don't Gosman. Who's I don't I don't hate Gosman. I mean, he was great his last start. But he was horrendous in the previous two, and I just – there are reasons to buy into what he did yesterday or two days ago in that start. Um, it varied his fastball velocity as kind of a way to compensate for a lack of variety in his arsenal and, and had, was a, got a great result. But as bad as he's been more often than not this year, I need to see more than just one start at that. So no way. Gosman seems way too risky for to me. Not feeling these two-star pitchers. Uh, I think, I think overall, the ones I'll be looking at are Yolisha Seen, Luis Castillo. Mm, I don't know. 
I don't maybe maybe Seth Lugo at San Diego and at Seattle. Yeah, I could see doing that. And maybe Hyunjin that. Ryu, uh Minnesota and San Francisco at home. I mean, do you really believe he's You'd never have any idea. No. I know I do believe for a fact that he's going to start on Monday. And I do believe that Brandon McCarthy is probably going to get skipped. So if they have a seven game <laughs> week, I kind of feel like Ryu will. If they have a six game week, I have no idea. You're yeah, I I just there have been a couple times where I have uh, in the written piece on the website to start pitcher rankings, where I've kind of loudly touted Ryu for the upcoming week, and it's burned me every time. He's not even that good. He just has two good matchups, and they're probably going to win. Yeah. But so. he's not bad, and so when he has two good matchups, that's exactly what you look at in a two star yeah. week. I was looking last night. Do you realize what the Dodgers' pace for win is this year? One eleven. That's exactly right. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're ending the show on that. Have a great weekend. (laughs) See ya.